0: Not like a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. Mom, mom, mom. Hi, I'm Lisa. you're Lisa's mom, aka Lola. And you're listening to Cool Moms podcast. Hey Cool Moms. So it is still Scorpio season. Scorpio, 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 Scorpio. Yes, you are welcome. <laughs> And I've still been celebrating uh, this week. Well, it's actually been a couple of weeks since I last recorded. Things just got very weird, Um, even more strange than than they already are uh, in dystopia. But so I took a little break, um, but it's still (laughs) Scorpio season. I got to celebrate my birthday and. You know, I was thinking a lot about, you know, as I get older, how do I want to spend my birthday? What are birthday expectations? And, you know, I know some people like get the birthday blues. I'm not one of those people. I don't get sad about my birthday. I also don't think my birthday is a national holiday. I do think my birthday deserves to be recognized and like celebrated. So my mom came in town, which was super cute. And. I also uh, like linked up with some friends and went to a drive-in Thundercat show at the Rose Bowl, which was quite honestly a way better way for me to experience uh, a concert than pre-COVID, simply because I like having my own space. You know, you're in your car, you can like have your smoke, your drink, your snacks, you can get out and dance. So we did lots of dancing and shuffling in the grass. Thundercat was incredible. And it was just a good vibe. You can just tell that people are so happy to be out and be, you know, within arm's reach of one another and just be like feeling the vibe and partying. Um, Hannibal Buress also was with Thundercat. That's when it got weird. That's when it was kind of like sobering to remember that we are still in the midst of like of this pandemic. And for the first 15 minutes, He had a very strange uh, like video clip that was playing to the point where people were getting upset and starting to boo, thinking that he wasn't actually there. And we paid for like a video on a screen and he he came out and, you know, he really kind of spoke directly to it since everyone was kind of upset and was just like, you know, I am one man and you want me to come out here on this stage and talk to and tell jokes to a bunch of cars. Like, how do you think that energy exchange feels for me? And I was like, damn, I feel him in that. And sometimes I think talking on a podcast can also feel like standing on stage and telling jokes to a bunch of cars. <laughs> and I'm laughing and you're hoping that people are laughing inside of their little like metal bubbles too. So I hope that this continues to reach you all and that you laugh with me and uh, enjoy some of the blunders of life and like the triumphs too. And nothing reminds you of your humanity. Also quite like spending a weekend with your mother as a grown ass woman. And we went to Joshua Tree and I just like, all in all, just had this really amazing quality time with my mom and i felt like i could give her a trip that wasn't just like her coming to help me but also her having a vacation which was pretty cool um and it had me thinking a lot about um my family dynamics (laughs) you know we also just had this new moon in scorpio just to preface this week in motherhood this is going to be kooky for sure all the kooky vibes, all of the the feels. And in this new moon, I think a lot of my family dynamics uh, started coming up and I especially couldn't run from it. Uh, I had a healing sound bath, a Reiki sound bath with this incredible practitioner, Reba. She's based in Los Angeles. I'm gonna like add in her at. Or tag her. I'll tag her in the post. I'll tag her in the post so you guys can check her out. She's incredible. Um, and my best friend Michelle, my great friend Doss, my great friend Carmela. like we all came together. And she came to the house and gave us this incredible experience that I don't even really think that words can do it justice. But essentially, I just felt like I went to another galaxy for an hour. So it was a combination of breath work, sound healing, and Reiki. Um, and I hope I'm doing that justice, Reba. But we all were, were like on the same page afterwards when we all just kind of connected on how transformative it was, how necessary and incredible it was. And in this time to like think and really feel my body, I thought a lot about how in our healing, we really find our purpose. And at least that's, that's rang true for me. And I'm sure that some pastor said that in a service when I was younger, going to church or, you know, some guru, but like in that moment, in that meditation, during that sound bath, I feel like that was the message that I needed to receive. And it was really poignant, I guess, uh, because I've been doing all of this, quality time with my mom, but also like deep thought about my relationship with the women in my, in my family and you know what it means to be a person that helps to shift the trajectory of your family and your family healing and really wanting to be just like this conduit of love and like deeply living in our purpose and So like, duh, so I thought about that and I thought about why it felt so connected to, of course, this is the reason why I do the work that I do with cool moms and why it's so important for me to foster community with you all, Uh, whether you're mom, dad, a non-parent, just a person who's curious about hearing people's real stories, (laughs) real stories as it relates to like their purpose on this earth, which I think is, is the most powerful thing we can do is live in our purpose. So That's my Oprah moment, but like that's also my healing moment and also what felt so incredible about having uh, that sound bath and being able to connect dots, right? Because, you know, that's what life can feel like a lot of times, especially in like this early adulthood, early parenthood is like dots connecting, healing dots, trauma dots, all the dots connecting them and getting into the bigger picture. So That was this week in motherhood for me. Uh, (laughs) Not not so sexy, but super healing. And again, just super grateful to have community online and in real life. Up next is Tatiana Taro. Okay, so this episode of Cool Moms has been a long time coming, um, aside from all of the Mercury retrograde things and mamas being busy and handling business, but we are together. I have Tatiana Tara, who is a mama, diviner, Ianifa instructor, clarity and personal instru- clarity instructor, excuse me, and personal development uh, through traditional healing modalities. Tatiana Ooh. welcome to cool mom <laughs> <laughs> so y'all so already know, listen you're so well that means we are getting ultimate kooky ultimate spiritual on this episode it's the episode I've been waiting for okay I'm ready to get into all the modalities um, we have to start off with one of my favorite questions which is what is your sign and what does that mean to you Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) We're starting
1: it off like this. Okay, let's go. Um, Well, I am a Virgo. All right. So that means that (laughs) I am. I am addicted to my work in some respect. And when I say addicted to my work, I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, My work in the present moment can be servicing my child, um, servicing myself, servicing my passion, servicing my community, um, my people. Um, But whatever it is that I lay my focus on that my heart really is invested in. Um, I give it 110% of the above and beyond, and I really kind of see a higher purpose and a higher calling in the little things that I do day to day. It's almost like Virgos, uh, can get this bad rep of being workaholics or very nitpicking and very Mm -hmm. attention to detail and very boring, but (laughs) but what's interesting for me, um. Is that I see almost like the ritual in everyday life, in the little things that I do, from you know washing my face to communing with family, friends, to you know the ins and outs and the nuances of work, you know all that all that stuff. that's like ritualistic. It's it's purposeful, and, and it 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 gives a higher meaning to it. So um, it's almost kind of like bringing out. The, the mystic in the mundane. So that's mm. what I see Virgos doing. Yeah, and then I do see them not necessarily being like, oh my God, the best of the best, but um, <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's what they freaking, you know, that's what you hear. It's like Beyonce, Beyonce, all this shit. So, um, that's why I think it's like the, the caliber of work or, or whatever it is that they commit to tends to shine through this, this way because it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like, uh, how do you say, spiritual on on some mm. sort of level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that this idea of kind of taking note of the ritual in, in the mundane and um, it Because now when you were, when you were speaking, I started thinking about my, I mean, I was listening to you, but I was multitasking and I started thinking about my own mornings, (laughs) right? My own mornings and the things that I really enjoy that kind of ground me that are like, okay, I know when I wake up, I have to, you know, say my thank yous. I need to stretch. I got to light my incense, And like all of these things are just like very simple, kind of mundane tasks, but really ground me. And really, mm-hmm. I, I find so much joy and pleasure in honestly. Um, so I'm, I'm curious now, when you were growing up, because you are in New York. If you cannot tell, Tatiana yeah. is from New York.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm born and raised. <laughs> did
0: did you, were those kind of rituals or this emphasis on rituals a part of your upbringing?
1: Um. You know, not really. Um, I was raised by, uh, so my dad was a single parent. And so who really took the bulk of that upbringing and raising me was my grandma and my aunties while he was working, you know, full time for me. Mm -hmm. And so um, she is, uh, you know, Catholic. And so, uh, you know, being around her and, and, and you know, watching her just kind of pour gratitude and everything. You know, we, we always got to show thanks. We always got to, you know, pray before we eat. We got to, um, uh, uh, you know, we just got to show gratitude and, and just hold space mm-hmm. for the divine in that way. Um, so that was very much um, kind of, it in me at a young age. But what was interesting is that although she was of that particular tradition and, you know, there's a lot of undertones of spiritual practices and a lot of indigenous practices where um, mm. she was, she'd be making her own tinctures and ailments with roots and plants and, and I'm uh, uh, um, steeping them in like a vinegar and alcohol and making like Bay rum oint- mm. and ointments and things like that. Or like, uh, you know, like natural hot sauces and, and like remedies, you know, like their version, the Puerto Rican version of freaking fire cider or what have you. So <laughs> And um, watching that grow up uh, you know watching that as I grew up, um just really kind of instilled this sense of uh, uh you know how there's like spirit in little things and how you know mm-hmm. uh, everything is kind of like workable and manageable, you know, make something out of nothing type of situation
0: yeah ooh i I love that, and it's I think it's really interesting too, one. Having this like kind of community upbringing being a, a child of a single parent, but then like really knowing what community and family looks like because it was mm-hmm. this group group effort in raising, but with your grandmother being um a woman who practices Catholicism, you still though were like working at witch shops when you were eleven. Is that right? well, not when I was eleven, but
1: like when I was fifteen sixteen definitely um worked in those shops. And of course, like the practice that I do now, reading tarot, this is something that I kind of randomly acquired at a young age, started doing it at six, Um, would be reading, playing cards, would be reading hands and doing tarot. Mm. And I think my biggest blessing is, although my grandma is, you know, Catholic and was raised you know, with those traditions, she wasn't judgmental um, and she wasn't oppressive. So Mm. she was very much accommodating and initially it was a little like, what are you doing? You know, this is not really cool, but she's like, I I raised you well and I know your heart and I know your intentions. So you know, that's not something that I'm going to stress out about. Um, and she always held space for that. And I never felt like I needed to hide or mask or felt any sort of shame in, in diving into this. And also, you know, um, and what's interesting is that nobody in the family really did it, so it was kind of like uh, it was a black
0: sheet, <laughs> right? Like, where did this come from? Because, like, were you were you privy to like these black and indigenous indigenous practices, like Santeria, like Ifa, like Hoodoo? Were you aware of these things when you were growing up, or is this all just kind of intuitive work at that time? So. So yes and no. Um,
1: so <laughs> growing up, uh, I grew up in Bed and so uh, there are some areas like on Fulton Street, or if you actually go to, to mm-hmm. Bushwick and Graham, you get you get a lot of like uh, botanicas the spiritual shops, right? Like if, yes. if you're going in Fulton, you get in the black spiritual shops. I know. The, yes, Graham, I know these
0: shops. <laughs> you get in the
1: Latinos, exactly. So uh-huh. I have the best of both worlds. You know, I had the best of both worlds. And so that was um, that was my exposure at that time. But that wasn't anything that, I, you know, we were actively going to these shops. And in fact, my grandma was like, don't do this. Don't go there. You know, <laughs> she, she wouldn't explain why, but she would just say don't go there. But I was always naturally inquisitive about. This life like I tell you from jump I was uh you know my dad was reading me horror books you know Dracula all that <laughs> stuff we would watch horror movies like I'd ask him about witches he'd buy me a witch kit like I was really really yes! really into ancient Egypt so I was like into like mummifications and like maybe like their own ritualistic practices like that's something I end up at I ended up studying in university is um, a religious iconography in mysticism in ancient Asia. Oh, so, wow. yeah, so it wasn't necessarily like hands on in front of my face, but because my my father was non domination, he didn't have a, a, a particular practice. He was just like, I want you to explore a little bit of everything um, and just kind of figure out what your path is. So he had books on like how to read your aura, how to develop your intuition. Wow. Um, you know, um, how to pr- pr- program your subconscious. Um, and he was the one that kind of like uh, showed me real women who personified mysticism in a different way. Um mm so so like in the media and whatnot so yeah so wasn't necessarily from that side of the family now my black side of the family is actually <laughs> where i get on my juju
0: <laughs> talk about it <laughs>
1: but you know at that time i was predominantly raised with my dad's side so i didn't know that until i got into my 20s and i really started doing ancestral research and um, r- got reconnected with family members and they were like oh we've been fi- we've been trying to look for you this whole time and we found you on facebook because you do this and we've been doing this you know we've been raised in this practice and we knew like we've been hitting up so many tatianas that look like you but as soon as we saw like your Tantiana Tarot page and saw like you're doing this work, we're like, oh yeah, that's her.
0: That's her. <laughs> yeah, Tatiana, that's her. I have chills. Mm-hmm. I have chills mm-hmm. because like how how that I think it just speaks to how powerful spirit is, how powerful when when you really tap into your intuition and, and and your purpose and 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 stay guided on that path, the right things will attract to you. And I think that's so beautiful. Your family was like. You're our people. We knew what, where you were going to end up. So we just kept our eyes peeled for you um, ready and, and waiting. That's that that gives me chills also because it it makes me think about growing up and having this uh, this this feeling that I probably had siblings or a sibling out there, specifically an older sibling. And it wasn't until I got to college and I had an older brother find me on MySpace Wow. So I'm just right, <laughs> right. And I was like, it just was so affirming, but it's just interesting because I think it speaks to, you know, that little voice, that little inclination that is, you know, something greater than yourself guiding you and speaking to you. Um, so I love that story. Thank you. Now, no, mm-hmm. we now that we are in the age of the internet, right? Specifically Instagram, we see which this, bruja that, like it is, information is in abundance, but it may not be correct information, but it is in abundance. And I think more and more people as a whole, we are really um, tapping into alternative spiritual modalities. Can you tell me like, what is a bruja? What does that mean?
1: Hmm. So this is really interesting because a lot of people who, so bruja in in Spanish literally just translates to witch, right? Mm-hmm. But the concept of a bruja is 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 deeper than that because there's almost like there's so many subgenres of witches that we know of now. There's there's uh, people who are herbal practitioners people who deal with uh divination right um, um mm-hmm. reading and trying to access energy uh, through tools to to read for a client to to read for themselves you have people who um or astrologers you have witches that deal with like candle magic or or, or reiki energy healing laying on the hands mm-hmm. prayers, who do uh um necromancy dealing with spirits and whatnot and so um when a person a Latin next person person from Latin America or a Spanish speaking country hears bruja traditionally the concept is of um an indigenous practitioner that has particular modalities of that practice that is sacred um now that can be like uh bordering on the line of curandismo you know curing with with herbs and and uh, uh, really um accessing the spirit of the herbs and the roots and and using that in tinctures and using that um to to cleanse the body to heal the body to uplift mm. the body it's it's got parallels to hoodoo, right? right. Um, but not it's not at all. Um, and, and so I think when we hear the word bruja within certain communities, there is a little bit of a division because now everybody who has an interest um, who who may have no formal training or any sort of um, ancestral connection to indigenous practices, um, they take up cards, they take up learning how to do crystals, they take up learning how to mm-hmm. do readings, and they're calling themselves a bruja when the term right. is actually inaccurate right so you so it's a little confusing because technically the word bruja is a witch and it kind of can be like all encompassing but people who really are of the blood and of the traditions and maybe have were have a higher calling have no choice mm-hmm. but to get into these practices and provide it for their communities. They will feel a type of way because it's like, yo, this is not really a free for all. This is not a supermarket right. of witchcraft. <laughs> Stop, <right>? You know, <laughs> okay. you can't be calling yourself a bruja and you learn something off of YouTube. Like, so, right. yeah. So I get, I can get both sides. I personally don't actually call myself a bruja. If somebody wants to label me one, um, I don't get offended by it but i um i don't i don't i've never really used the term actually so
0: interesting um, when like yeah. i mean for all intents and purposes you're checking all the boxes <laughs> so you i am oh, you know oh, i am
1: um i think i you know the reason probably why i don't resonate with the term so much is despite the fact that i am puerto rican um a lot of my practices are African-based traditions, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're talking about brujas and the concept of, you know, indigenous practices from, you know, Latin America, Hispanic countries, um, that wasn't my training. <laughs> so right. my right. training is African, it's ancestral veneration, it's ifarisha. And so um, even even in the way that I divine it's um it's working with spirits in a very afrocentric way um where you're pouring libations for the ancestors you're talking to the ancestors mm-hmm. you're feeding them through smoke and, and and other libations and what have you um and you're communicating in that sense so i guess you know now that you you, you have me thinking here that's probably the reason <laughs> why i don't really you know i never really thought about it so in depth but if if that would be the case this the that's why i don't you know gravitate to the term so much
0: yeah the, you know it, and that totally makes sense and it uh you know you're talking about these um your practice being rooted in these traditional african practices and you know you and i first spoke some years back i don't think either one of us had babies at that point Do you remember? I I, I got connected with you like years ago and we chatted about potentially collaborating. And when I had that conversation with you, right, like a few days later, I was going to Cuba for the first time. And so... So I, I was feeling this certain energy and I couldn't really put my finger on it. So I just kind of wanted to share this little tidbit with you. But yes, we spoke uh, like on a FaceTime, whatever we spoke on, some Zoom call, who knows. And then I went to Cuba and, of course, just got immersed in the culture. And then I saw a lot of um, practices happening by the water. I'm not sure if they were Santarea, but... That would be my inclination, but I saw a lot of like <clears throat> these 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 spiritual practices happening out out just in the world, which I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this before, and I felt uh, so deeply connected to the people when I went to Cuba. So much so that even in my the fir- my first stop on the trip, stopping at a cafe, the women who owned the cafe were like, oh, welcome home, you're black like us. So I just yeah. felt so incredibly. Uh, grateful and just like overwhelmed with emotion. And then directly from Cuba, I went to LA. Um, and mm-hmm. in LA, I reconnected with a good friend here, uh, Antoinette, who introduced me, who had been talking so much about Ifa, And she was going on and on and on about mm-hmm. it. And just talking about how I had to connect with her Babalao here. And like all of this stuff was foreign to me, but I was just like, okay, you didn't wow. just spoke to this woman, Tatiana. Then you went to Cuba. And you had these experiences. Now you're in LA and you've got a friend you haven't seen in how long that you had no idea she had this connection to this practice who's telling you, girl, you gotta make an appointment. You gotta come see my wow. blah, blah, blah. Wow. So. Right. <laughs> so for me, it was such a, there was such a pull. And so it was such an interesting time again, before I had Sergeant, and then now I'm being in LA and I've since visited that Baba Lau, and like, just like kind of like where spiritually my life has guided me. Um, so I'm so, I would love to kind of talk about as much as you can, um, your relationship with Ifa and how, and how you found yourself, um, in, in the practice. You know what? That's so that
1: is such an interesting story that you just shared because it brings me back. And I don't even remember the year. I think I might have just started living in New Orleans when you reached out to me, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, because I could I can swear I remember writing back to you in my little small office in, <laughs> in my first home here. And what's interesting about your story is that I also had a very parallel experience. I went to Cuba, maybe right before you did, and then immediately to LA after. And in oh. Cuba, uh, I went with two of my closest girlfriends, and they, um, they're they not Afro-Latinas, they're just Black, but they they were interested in diving into Santeria and maybe um, interviewing some Babalaos and just maybe kind of doing a documentary. Um, Mm. Long story short, one of my homegirls ends up having a ceremony was something a hand of IFA ceremony that was necessary for her when we did go to the Babalao and she did get a reading and so that mm. kind of got us in that place longer than expected and, and I had already begun studying IFA Arisha. Um my practice is of She, which is the African um, origin the, the, the origins of IFA from Africa directly without mm. being uh, without the practice being syncretized with Catholicism um Got it. So it's it's a little different, right? And so this was a new lens and a new experience. But it's almost like um I had almost like a very surreal experience going to the water and, and I, a very emotional experience uh, praying for my mother, praying for the women in my mother's mm. lineage that I didn't have a connection to and really just um, a- a crying. And then as soon as I broke down, a bunch of many fishes kind of flooded and surrounded me. and Kind oh, of grabbed me for surprise, right? Which was interesting because that's always a sign of children. Um, right. <laughs> and then I <laughs> moved to, to LA, and that LA was really the first place I actually started teaching. I had not really been teaching teaching um, tarot classes or anything like that, so that was the launch of me kind of taking. Um, myself into the next level from just, you know, giving readings to now, like, let me just now share what I know. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, towards the end of the year, I got unexpectedly pregnant with Sahara because uh, mm-hmm. I moved to New Orleans on a whim, didn't plan it. Um, and, ah, then, you know, okay.
0: <laughs> and, and then that, that was going to be my yeah. next
1: question. Yes. Yeah. But um, I, um, that I had always been interested in Ifa Orisha. You know, a lot of us hear about the Orishas, predominantly Oshun. You know, you hear a lot about Oshun and Yemojian and um, the Mm -hmm. goddesses and whatnot. But um, I was that person that was kind of showing reverence from afar. I had a little makeshift altar for her. Um, I would pray to her. I would give her the offerings with my, you know, this. At that time, this was like maybe eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. And I was pretty ignorant about, you know, the tradition. But I did not want to get initiated. I wasn't really looking for any formal training. I was a dancer at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was working in in a public school, um, you know, teaching classes in yoga. um, And my homeboy, who was uh, teaching African drumming, happens to be an initiate of Obatala. And uh, he, mm-hmm. you know, we met through that program. We met through teaching at those schools. And he's like, man, you've got Oshun dripping all over you. Let me tell you, <laughs> my uncle is here from Nigeria and he's a babalawo. and I would suggest that you get a reading, yada, yada, yada. So I said, okay, Aku, yeah, cool. let me go get a reading. And boom, as soon as I sat at the maps, my um, Oluwo, who is my initiator, Um, And my Baba, at the same time, you know, they're the same person. He goes, oh, no, Shun's been calling me for some time. You had to get initiated like years ago.
0: Like, you know. Wow.
1: And this is this and this and that. And so really starting to tell me about my life in a way that hasn't been ever divined on or or, Mm. um, an experience that I've never had with other modalities of divination, you know, cards and whatnot. Um, He also predicted some things that happened fairly quickly. Um uh, yeah. you know, so I was like, Okay, I'm a believer, like let me go back. Let me actually right. start studying and he was like, No, you gotta actually start studying, you gotta start learning the shells right away or at least the signs before you can read them. And so I started studying with him and, and you know, it's just been a, like a eight, nine year process now of, of being introduced wow. to Micheche. And so, uh, again, a lot of my, my traditional practices and what I do isn't because I wanted to do it. I wasn't looking for a mentor. I wasn't looking to get initiated. Mm. I was actually trying to get away from all that because it's a lot of responsibility and a lot of money. Um, But it's (laughs) like, you can't run away from it, you know? (laughs) Just like your experiences in Cuba and in LA, LA, like spirit Mm -hmm. As spirit has an agenda for you, despite what you choose and what your ego wants you to do, you're still going to end up doing what spirit
0: wants you to do. (laughs) And that's so powerful. And I feel like that is such a note for anyone listening, even if you are not familiar with Ifa or any of these practices that we're discussing. Like, I think that there's such a powerful message in You hear the message, whether it comes to you in your dreams and your subconscious thoughts, Mm -hmm. when you turn Mm -hmm. in the channel, and then you stop on the channel that's talking to you about the thing you've been thinking about. Like, you know, this this platform has was really created to really highlight and honor these mothers who hear that calling and honor it, because to honor a calling is such a uh, (laughs) it is such a weight. You know, it is not easy, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? By any means to live, to identify, live and live in your purpose. And I think that's why these conversations are so incredible, because no matter what your calling is, it's like, do we pick? Are we picking up the phone? And I love hearing how, you know, we all can find our way to what that calling is. And a lot of times it's years and years of us being like, nope. Mm -mm, Nope. I'm doing this. Ego told me I'm doing this. I am this person. And, you know, life will slowly, slowly start clawing away. Hey, girl.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) I mean, you hit it right then and there with the the, the freaking head on the nail. And it's 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 really miraculous, but also a very scary process being able to put yourself aside and really step into the unknown to, to serve spirit in a way that's like, you don't know what the outcome is. Um, and I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear is, you know, with me giving readings and doing this work and having done this work for some time, one, it's not easy. And most of the time I kind of like low key don't want to do it,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know, like,
1: because it's like, it's, it's almost like, um, a hierarchy of of spiritual uh leveling up the more mm. you do like divination divination different clients different situations come to you oh you did this you mastered this great tatiana now you got to learn this then now my right. elders are like putting on so many things on me which is good it's a blessing but uh, you know a part of me is like ah i just kind of want to maybe um be a chef or something just do something <laughs> right. different you know right. like I've right been doing right can i just so pivot
0: much.
1: yeah just experience you know my creativity in another lens or maybe go back into dancing and it's like yeah maybe like inevitably i will have the time to do that once i have this structured down lock and once mm-hmm. i'm i'm past this learning curve but it's like you you like Tatiana, you chose this for yourself. You can't and also it's like in in my ancestry there's so much trauma, there's so much pain, there's so Oof. much of this work that was done through my black side that it's like yeah. I was born to break those those curses, to change that karma, to help heal the family. And I was born to do it through servicing my people and, oh my and God, through yes. this spiritual work. So it does feel like a burden um, and it does feel like, you know, online and in Instagram, you know, it's it's such a great accessible tool. But I think a lot of it is glamorized and, and, yes. and it looks fun pulling cards, but we don't see like the energy work and, and what happens yes. when a client comes in and what they're dealing with and cleansing them and, and having them to go through the, the emotional process and the learning curve of of needing to train by getting so many clients in, so many customers, so what have you, uh, uh, needing to study, needing to, 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 to recalibrate the brain so you listen to spirit in different ways. So it's not like, oh, I'm accessing spirit through the cards. No, you can actually do this without the cards. Like, now do it through plants. Now do it through a, a candle and a glass of water, you know? Wow. So it's yeah. like it's always changing. It's 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 a university, it's a school, and it gets more intense and more intense and more intense. Um, and so it's it's especially with a baby, it's a, a it's it's a new learning uh, situation for me how to juggle it all and and, and maintain <laughs> yes. proper boundaries even in my spiritual life. Maintain boundaries. Yes. So it's like okay, I can only see so many clients. Because I got to take care of myself. I got to take care of the baby. Boundaries with her because she's a toddler now. So she's like <laughs> off the freaking chain. Off uh, the chain. <laughs> I'm talking about mine. I know. <laughs> oh, I know you know, girl. Oh. Uh, Sergeant looks like a saint, but I, I can only imagine. You man. see I can it. Only <laughs> you can I was like, he must it. be eating her up behind the he's scenes eating
0: i know it. listen i'm so i love him so much he is just my heart outside of my body but i'm so happy on Tuesdays and Thursdays when he's at school all day i'm yeah. like yes this is wonderful but i think you know you brought up a fantastic point i'm i'm glad that we're kind of pivoting over to motherhood because Okay, well, a few things, a few things. Number 1. All right, if any of y'all follow Tatiana on Instagram and we're going to drop all of her information uh at the end of the episode. But I get such a kick, Taziana, (laughs) when you set firm (laughs) boundaries with your followers (laughs) 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 about not reading instructions, not following directions. Listen, and I respect it. And knowing that, you know, you have this background in education, it also makes sense. Uh, being like, hey, listen! <laughs> if you book a session, please follow the instructions in the link in my bio. Don't don't ask me. Don't DM me a million questions. And uh, I, I I just I love that. I get I get a, a good laugh every time. I'm like, y'all know y'all gotta follow them instructions. <laughs> um,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> they, but- <laughs> they don't like to read sometimes. And listen, I get it. But I'm like, please for my sanity here as a single parent. Please do not exactly. have me doing the most
0: please make right. my life easier. <laughs> like, please, please help me help you. So exactly. let's talk about let's talk about that transition into motherhood and uh, what was that experience like for you and um, especially under the lens of your spiritual practice how, how you had considered integrating that into raising Sahar.
1: So um, motherhood has been a, you know, it's just not one word to describe it. it. It is the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. It is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. It is mm-hmm. the most frightening, anxiety ridden thing because, you know, you you care. And you like you said, it's, you know, Sahara is my heart outside of my body. She's my soul. She's my everything. And I think one thing that was so apparent to me is I felt like I was never really an anxious person. Um, but as soon as I gave birth, like any little thing would kind of. Not any little thing, but I would get riled up. You know, you start thinking like, oh, the status of the world. Oh, I a virtual mm-hmm. a black girl. You know, <laughs> like right, um, right. Uh, if there, you know, anything can happen. Like, well, and, and and as a spiritual worker, not only do we see like the physical and the mundane, but we have to look beyond the surface. So you're also working with spirits and you're working with energy. It's like, you know, it's this. Is this clean? Can Sahara do this? Can Sahara do that? So it's really uh, a precaution, care, protection on another level, but um, it's also gaining a, a wise spiritual mentor, uh, 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 an mm. elder, so to speak, because your children teach you. Um, yes. They're so connected, right? And so it's been it's been a, a, a very, a very uh, uh, eye opening, learning, inquisitive, curious. Uh, a time for my life it's it's extremely rewarding it's extremely blissful but very painstakingly challenging <laughs> many times mm. as well <laughs> you know it's um um in 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 and so integrating sahara into this world is very organic It was just very organic uh for me you know she i had already been Taking her to ceremonies and 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 you know readings when she was in the in the womb, um, mm. so as soon as she came out, it's almost like the you know she had been sending me dreams and and my intuition was off the roof when I was pregnant, so. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So 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 having her come out and be a part of this world, Sahara is already naturally inclined to to just kind of uh, call on the ancestors, pull out my cards, pull out the bones. That's her little ritual every morning. She gives libations to the cat and she gives libations to the ancestors and she pulls out her bones and she brings them to me so I can open them up for her. So little things like that just give me kind of. Cues that's like, okay, you know, normally I'd be like, once in the blue moon, I'd be like, okay, Sahar, we don't want to play with 50, 11 bones right now. I got to clean them all <laughs> up. We're trying to get ready to go to school. Like, okay. But, but it's like, oh, wait, this kid is connected to the spirit in a way that is much more stronger than me. Um, mm. She might have a message, or this is her way to connect the spirit, or let me see what she's pulling. And then you've come to find out whatever it is that she is doing has a bigger purpose, a bigger meaning. There's something directly tied to it that I need to know at that moment. So, so it's, it's a, it's a fun adventure. Being with her is an adventure, you know, Yes. It's like watching them evolve and become their own people. It's just so sweet. It's so sweet and enriching. And, um, it's so, um, informative to me about myself. It's like, I'm learning, I'm healing, uh, the wounds that I had from not being raised by my own mother. Mm-hmm. Um I'm learning how to service other people through compassion and gentleness by servicing mm-hmm. Sahara. Like I you, you start to understand. Like I it's it's funny, we joke around about me having boundaries, but sometimes I'm just I just snap because it's just so much going on and then mm-hmm. there's a component to me now that's like, Hey, remember you're like a no shun priestess. Be sweet, like you know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, people can read, people can read. That's always a good thing. <laughs> but like also like right. you don't you can uh, channel your frustrations in a productive way maybe something different or or this is telling me like I need to to now engage into more self-care if I'm coming to the point where I'm gonna like snap you know so So it's very, very informative. There's always learning curves. It's teaching me how to bend and be malleable and flexible and, and, and just hyper-conscious. And, and, and also, but to have fun, like to lighten up. Right, like, you right, know? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's like real world. I'm dealing with so much, um, so many of other people's problems behind the scenes um, and sometimes forgetting to tend to my own stuff. Then I see Sahara just being like, you know, not giving two fucks and just, you know, being <laughs> all willy-nilly and just playing around. And, you know, one
0: minute she she throws a tantrum and then the next minute she's done. So Over it's it. kind of like that. They year, move on like, so flow. quick. Exactly it's, exactly. it's a beautiful thing to watch. So much of what you're saying I know is going to resonate with all the mamas and it really had me even just thinking about my own morning and i snapped at sergeant he's po- the the term i have learned now is potty learned not potty trained and oh, yes. he right right and so he is pretty much potty learned but you know we getting the hang of this like having a penis and pointing it in the toilet and not at the wall or the floor or everywhere in the bathroom, but (laughs) the toilet. (laughs) So (laughs) So that is a real source of frustration for me. And this morning <laughs> I've just I lost it. I'm like, you can't stand up to use the bathroom anymore. You're only sitting down. No more peeing on the So I'm just like snapping, going off. And of course right. he's got the sad right. face and he's looking all hurt and then I'm feeling bad. And then right. you know, two <laughs> seconds later he's moved on. And I'm just like, okay, girl, you gotta all right, reel it back in. How do we integrate more compassion? You're right. There's so much that I learned from Sargent. And what I think is so incredible about motherhood today is I'm noticing some, many of us are really tapping into who our children are as people and watching them and being guided by them versus Mm -hmm. thinking that we know it all and we're supposed to be teaching them everything instead of just being open to kind of taking this journey together. Because we're both new at this thing. I don't know it's what it's boring. like to raise Sergeant even if you have 10 kids. You know, raising John is different from raising Sarah, you know, and so you have to really be open to getting to know your child. What are the things that they're showing you and telling you about yourself and about themselves?
1: Exactly. The more that I observe Sahara and 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 her temperament, her mannerisms, what brings her humor and joy Mm -hmm. the more i gotta sit back and be like oh my god this really is a mini me like wow (laughs) do i act like that when i'm upset do i am i really like this charismatic and playful too like this is like it's so interesting especially when you um because mothers are so into it like we are just machines we do everything right? so like when you're it's almost like um tunnel vision where you can't really see a broader perspective because it's just one thing after the other nonstop. And so uh, to have other people observe the dynamic between you and your child and be able to say like, oh like yeah yeah a lot of twins or this is, these are parallels that these are things that I'm noticing um particularly for me and helping me raise the child at this stage while owning a business and like also being a uh, somewhat newly initiated eforisha I- and then now starting to kind of mentor other people and Mm. juggling these things, you know, that's been just so helpful for them to give me cues um, and guidance with, with, with uh, new ways to discipline the baby, new ways to, 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 uh, you know, just engage from her perspective and, and and all these things that maybe I just wasn't kind of keen on just because I was just doing so much at once. Right. And so, It's it's really interesting and um, definitely something new. Like you said, it's a a forever learning thing for both
0: of us. Forever. It's forever. Um, (laughs) You know, something (laughs) else that (laughs) Lord, that was like one of my biggest anxiety inducing thoughts. When I first uh, found out I was pregnant, I was like, wait, this means that I have someone who will depend on me in a certain capacity forever. Like, know. The whole, you know, you know, spirit willing, Sergeant will live far beyond me. And this is it. And I remember I had so much anxiety about that. I was like, I don't do anything forever. I always move on from things <laughs> I'm like, but, you know, something else that I, I would love to kind of chat with you about is that you mentioned before solo parenting and what, you um, what does that look like for you? How have you approached and restructured being a solo parent, especially during a time of quarantine and just like this year? You know, <laughs> deep breath, deep breath.
1: Yeah, it's not easy, man. <laughs> um, you know, I so so I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, my whole family is in New York, and so I don't have anybody here to even just be able to drop the baby off. Um so that is that has been and not seeing family, right? And not having them close by to watch her grow up. Mm-hmm. Um that has been like an emotional challenge, right? Um but I almost feel like it's an initiation in and of itself. Um yeah. it's like a mommyhood boot camp. Like because what was really been my saving grace is Thinking about my ancestors before me, who have done this, who have done this, and so much more, right? Thinking about less fortunate femmes and women mm-hmm. um, who, you know, just they may not have anything at all, right? And so, when I get into moments of frustration, um, I'll I'll allow myself to kind of let loose for a second, but then I snap myself back together by really thinking about you know, uh, how how lucky I am to even be privileged to own a uh, business, right? To have a healthy right. child, to be healthy, um, to be in a safe space now. Um, and so a lot of it does deal with boundaries and, and um, boundaries and just being mindful of what my uh, energy levels are, how much I can and cannot take. Uh, sometimes it's, it's you know, I'm learning to say no to work I'm learning how to reschedule things I'm I'm learning how mm-hmm. to put boundaries on my spiritual family And my elders if they're too demanding on me um, Put boundaries on myself and, and the baby You know, the baby's in a quite a uh, rebellious stage Where she just doesn't, <laughs> you know, can't touch her with a comb Can't give her her bottle without uh-huh. her snapping Doesn't want the potty, doesn't want the tub doesn't want the shoes. <laughs> I
0: was like, girl, <laughs> you can't be resisting everything. Everything, right? Come on. <laughs>
1: yes. So then it's like, you know, just maybe being observant on how I may be too over accommodating, maybe spoiling her in ways that she doesn't need uh, all of X, Y, and Z because, you know, it's just the two of us, right? So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. stepping back and, and stepping back and, and firm firm but compassion and gentle parenting you know switching that dynamic up a bit and just also being mindful that my nothing is linear nothing is consistent like uh, the, the, the the boundaries are a must but like the Sahara's growing, my needs are growing, um, the business in and of itself is a living entity, I see it as, Mm so it's like these things need nourishment, they need rules and regulations and structures in order for them to thrive. And so for me, it's it's really like figuring what that is on a day-to-day basis, a monthly basis, a yearly basis, um, and really kind of stepping back periodically to observe where the overall lessons here, um, you know, what needs to shift, what needs to stay the same, and also learning how to ask for help, which has been a big deal for me. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> even from my neighbor mm-hmm. who's one of my closest friends. Um, she's like, girl, I can just come over and watch the heart. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm like, bitch, why are you saying that? you obviously. <laughs> right. <You're not> okay. <laughs> 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 like, yes. it's like this whole super mom <laughs> conundrum. It's not yes. healthy. And so no. breaking out of that, even trying to, um, even breaking out of that in the sense of, you know, uh, if I can, outsource, maybe the laundry, or maybe I Absolutely. buy the meal instead of making it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have X Y Z Z. Like, then do it, girl, because your sanity is important.
0: <laughs> do it, do it. Listen, Elle, producer of Cool Moms, is mm-hmm. also one of my closest friends, we chit chat all the time, and she always laughs at me because she's like, I don't know anybody who orders food the way you order food. I'm like, girl, something has got to give. How am I going to clean everything every day? Take care of him, run the, do all the things. And then I'm supposed to make a health, make every meal. No, we got to order. We got to, you know, somewhere we've, there's that's why sergeant goes to school (laughs) because i'm like something has got to give so i totally i I know we all feel that deeply um i would love to talk about kind of wind things down with what is next i know you got a ton in your plate i don't even know if that's a fair question but like what's happening with you now what are you excited about what's What's next
1: (laughs) what what is next um So, well, for myself personally, I am expanding also to be a podcaster. So this is going to be a new thing, kind of. (laughs) I have two in the works. I have one with a close friend of mine who is um she's in the speedy as well it's and that is a spiritist someone who is essentially a medium um and holds oh. space for uh elevating ancestors elevating spirit guides being able to to receive um messages that will help the individual and uh monthly we host um we host these kind of like uh, uh prayer circles where we invite women women of color black women to, to be able to sit with us in white. And, and just listen to these messages that are coming up or we, we offer messages to them. And so, you know, her and I being of uh, those practices and, and her being a palera in the palomayombe tradition, me being Farisha, we have a lot to talk about spiritually. Um, mm-hmm. Also as mothers too, she's a mother of five. And so wow. um, what does it look like to be in these traditions and juggle these roles, right? And then my own mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. where I am just going to be inter- interviewing spiritualists and whatnot and, you <gasps> Even from a spiritual business perspective, creative spiritual spirituality, you know, spiritual and everyday life, all that fun stuff. So that is really, really exciting. Um, my my close, close friend Jonay, who is my um, lawyer, um, is also business a coach, you know, acquired her as a business coach. So we're revamping my whole um my whole business just to actually accommodate more free time and ease in my life oh, yes. um, as a mom. So that was one of the biggest investments I made for self-care. And, you know, she's kind of been watching me um, from behind the scenes and, and dealing with some difficult stuff last year. And then I was like, girl, I'm going to need your help. Like, I am okay. going to fix my life. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's like, like because there's so many moving pieces going on. And like, I just need somebody to just, you know, fix my life. And so she's like, I got it. Like, we gonna do this. Like, it's great. So I'm excited to step away from giving readings so much and really stepping further into a teaching role, um, working on new projects, writing a book, Things that I've been sitting in the back burner for some time because you know I've just been so occupied with um, Sahara that you know by the time you you have any free time you kind of don't want to do anything you just totally so I'm like turn
0: on the trash TV I want to zone out and your friends are like watch this exactly. documentary I'm like for what I got to think some more I have, no I think all day. I don't want it Girl. to go. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh my. Yes. Well, listen. I am, <laughs> and I'm sure I can speak to for a lot of folks. I am hype because um, many people don't know this. Although I am a podcaster, I don't really listen to podcasts. That is my s- dirty secret. And oh. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But please listen to mine. Um, but. <laughs> but. Honestly speaking, listen, Tatiana, I obviously follow you on Instagram. Listen, my mama has gone to see Tatiana in New Orleans. I love your mama. She loves you. (laughs) She was so hyped. She was so, so hyped that we were talking. I watch your YouTube videos. Like I am, I will absolutely listen to your Mm. podcast. And I absolutely think a podcast where we talk about the intersection of like spirituality and also entrepreneurship is so important because... Yeah. How uh, you want to run a business. So what does that look like? And having great business advice. So I am excited for that. That's right up my alley. Um, I am so grateful to you for your time and for your energy. If you could drop the handles, let everybody know how they can find you.
1: Definitely. You guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Tatiana Tarot. And that is Tatiana, T-A-T-I-A-N-N-A. My website is TatianaTarot.com. And you've got everything in those resources to be able to reach out to me if you have any questions. Um, And I provide a lot of daily insight, weekly, monthly insight, you know, the energy um, that's going on, messages that may resonate with you. So it's really Mm -hmm. a portal of some fun spiritual resources. So, yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. We love it. Thank you so much, Tatiana. And if you'll hang around for our Ask a Cool Mom, uh, that would be perfect. The question this week is cool because it's actually from Glory Edom of Well Re- at Well Read Black Girl, which is an awesome books uh, Instagram account and movement started by Glory. And yeah. she asks, right? How can new moms follow with their intuition and overcome self doubt? Ooh, <laughs> okay. So, I- no easy question, Glory. All right. Mm-hmm.
1: How can new moms follow their intuition and overcome self-doubt? So one thing um, that is not new to new moms is waking up early. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, And I would find that um, not actually the act of waking up early, but if you can find 10 minutes in your day, um, maybe as soon as you wake up or as, as you're feeding the baby, you changing, you're on the go, someone's on the toilet, something just to maybe hone in on some inner silence and start jotting down Whatever is on your mind, or you know, whatever surfaces up—emotions, visions, senses, Um, memories—and I would even have a a, a journal allocated to um, your intuitive daily intuitive messages. Okay, you can Mm. you can take a step back and say, okay. higher self or, or spirit or whatever it is that you resonate with. Um, what is it I need to know today? What, what What's important for me to work through? What should I be aware of, right? And, and with no judgment, with no criticism, almost like a free writing experiment where you're just writing everything that comes in, like a streaming. Um, mm-hmm. Write whatever comes down for 10 minutes, right? And then... Um, Continue that practice daily, continue that practice in a way that you can be consistent if possible, even if it's like five minutes, even if it's like three minutes, two minutes, then drop, drop the pen and just accumulate those messages. Because what you're really training yourself or learning how to do essentially is to move your thinking mind, your ego mind to the side and really allowing your spirit to communicate to you. Um, and a lot of it may seem like you're making stuff up a lot of it may seem like it's so I, i don't know what i'm doing but in retrospect you'll go back and review your notes and you actually may find like oh there's connections here this has been coming up as a theme or um now that you're kind of cultivating space extra space for for intuitive downloads to come through since you're writing things down and you're clearing your brain you may find that, like you're dreaming more, right? Or there are more mm. synchronicities and coincidences that happen. And so, a simple and small practice such as that, which is like very easy, PC, can be super effective. Um, yeah and that kind of lends ways like it it like it it kind of uh, snowballs into bigger and bigger bigger things like you'll start trusting yourself more you'll start recognizing your personal cues because you've done it for such a long time, and you have like a a, a record now to reference um what your intuition is telling you
0: mm. oh my goodness that's such. Such fantastic advice. And I will speak to that. I recently started doing that, not as consistently as I would like to. But you're right. When you start writing, things started coming up for me. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I felt like that. Oh, I didn't know that this was still an issue for me. Oh, I didn't know I had gotten over. Just, it's it's incredible. I literally read my journal from New Year's last year and I was in such a tough spot. And I remember mm-hmm. writing and thinking, oh, how will I ever feel differently? Well, like, uh, everything just felt like impossible. And now I'm in such a different place and it's so powerful to go back and read those words and know that everything is fleeting. And yeah, to really trust yourself. So such... Amazing advice, Tatiana. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so helpful. It really is.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Glory, hopefully, um, yes, write it down, Glory. Write it down, mamas. Tatiana, thank you tremendously. I, like I said, I've been so looking forward to this. I know my mama is going to be so hype <laughs> and Yay. so many mm-hmm. other people. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. Thank you so uh, much. I'm so honored yes. to be here. <laughs> yes. And look, I'll keep my, my ears and my eyes out for that podcast. Yes. Until next time. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs>